0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Blob Talk Radio.
0: Good morning. Welcome to this installment of the Steelers Morning Podcast. My name is Brian Giardo, and good enough to join us again is Scott Allen. Uh, you heard him on our podcast last week. He was good enough to join us uh, again. Uh, Scott, we're just going to re- get right back at it Uh Busy day in the uh, Steelers' free agency on Tuesday. The team signed the uh, Broncos tackle 10-year uh, veteran Ryan Harris to a two-year deal worth just under $4 million. Uh, Harris, it, it's unknown at this moment if he's going to be slated to start. I would guess he's going to be in competition with Alejandro Villanueva at left tackle. So we're definitely going to discuss that, discuss Kelvin Beachum, the Steelers' old tackle, what his plans could be. Mike Wallace, he signed with the new team. Antoine Blake, he had a busy day today. Uh, the Steelers draft and how it's been potentially impacted, been impacted by free agency. And then, obviously, the Davis Bryant situation. Scott and I will give you our two cents on whether or not it was a good a decision for the Steelers to retain him despite his one-year suspension for substance abuse. But, Scott, let's get right at it. Uh, Ryan Harris, that was one of the guys the Steelers had been talking with. They have been talking to three uh, tackles over the last two weeks of free agency, and they brought in Harris today, and are uh, on on Tuesday rather, and they made sure that he did not leave without signing a contract. Do you do you like that signing, and, and how do you see him fitting in on the Steelers' offensive line? Trying to make sure we have Scott here on the line here. Hello, Scott. Well, it looks like we may have some technical difficulties with Scott, but we'll make sure we we get him on the air as soon as possible. Um, Scott, are you there, sir?
1: Yeah, can you hear me
0: now, Brian? I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, we were just talking about Ryan Harris, so I don't know if you wanted to chime in on that.
1: Oh, yeah, it's good to be here with you again, Brian. Um you know, Ryan Harris, I'm thinking it goes with uh, what you said the other day about going way, but, you know, possibly being a starter now, this guy can come in and give him the competition, and both of those guys starting at left tackle. Um, I'm pretty sure we're solidified at right tackle with Gilbert, but uh, I'm thinking this is a chance for Dylan Ueva to prove himself against the guy who's done it, been there, done that kind of thing. Um, it was a, I think it was just under four million that he signed for for two years. You know he is 31 years old, um, so I think uh, this could be some good competition for Dylan to see if he can fill that starting role, or you know if Harris steps up and he takes it. You know I, I still think that there's possibilities in the draft, but uh, if they want to go with Dylan this would certainly help cause some competition for him.
0: Laura right, and, and you made a good point because I know that the Steelers, uh, you know, they've been talking. They they were obviously, you know, exp- express interest in Taylor Decker from Ohio State. They were at Buckeyes' pro day on Friday. That's one player that they made sure they spoke to. So that's a good point you brought up. The Steelers still might go with a younger lineman, but they're in a win now mode, and you know, I, I think right now they're they're they like Villanueva. They definitely want to see what he brings to the table in year two and see how much he grows from year one. But I think the Steelers overall, they don't want to take any chances with their offensive line. I mean, Marcus Gilbert, we talked about it last time we had you on the show, Scott. They did, He did very well against Vaughn Miller. Both times the Steelers faced Denver last season. Um, you've got Marquise Pouncey, the all-pro, coming back. Uh, now, I don't know if they're going to keep Doug Lugurski. He's one of their unsigned free agents, as we speak. They still have Cody Wallace, who filled in and did pretty well last year uh, for Pouncey. Um, they have David DeCastro, who has become along with Pouncey, you know, the best lineman the Steelers have. He was an all-pro last year, so I agree with you. I think for the Steelers, this is a power move. that they they just want to make sure they have the best offensive line possible for the short short term for for big Ben. And are you surprised the Steelers are, are you know continue to go offense here in the free agency? My thinking is they want to sign and fruit use the, the offense or the free agency season for the offense and the NFL draft for the defense. Are you in a Agreement with that, or, or do you just think it's coincidence, and the Steelers are just getting the best players available in free agency?
1: Well, like we were talking about on the last time, you know this this is supposed to be a defensive back rich draft um, and defensive uh, down linemen. Uh, I hear Mike Mayock mention that all the time on NFL Network how deep it is, and he was mentioning it during the combine. The Steelers are always You know, looking to find those, you know, diamonds in the rough and free agency, not spend too much money, kind of get a guy who can come in and contribute. I I think we're going to see that with Darius Green. Uh, I think Harris has the possibility of that. Um, You know, there's still a couple people out there. You know, uh, Prince uh, Amukamara is out there. He's only 26 years old. He's a quarterback. Uh, Patrick Robinson, San Diego. Now he might want a little more money. He's 28 years old. Um, but there's a few other guys that are still out there. Uh, Omar Bolden from Denver. I know he got hurt in our playoff game, but, uh, you know, there's somebody that could be the uh, free safety they're looking for if, you you know, he comes off the, the PCL tear. I think it was a slight tear he had. So there's still other people out there. You know, it's still early in, you know, the Steelers' terms of looking at free agents. We don't always make that big splash at the beginning. But uh, you know, I think there's still some possibilities there to get some defensive guys. Uh, Terrence Knighton's out there. Uh, you know, there's still some people that could be had. It just depends on the price and what we're willing to spend.
0: You're right. And you know, the one thing you kind of notice with free agency is that it's a, it's a methodical thing, and it's definitely a dance that takes place between teams, free you know, free agents, their agents. You know, it's it's not. I mean, when you just if you just you know if you followed this this Harris situation, I mean, he had talked to Steelers, then he visited with them, then he signed with them. But at the same time, uh, you know, Russell O'Kong, uh the you know Seahawks tackle, it looks like he might stay. Uh, just go ahead and stay in Seattle. Uh, that's those are kind of the newer developments today. And Steelers talking to a San Diego tackle, Hairston. So, you know, it, it's just one of those situations where everything worked out. I mean, Harris. I think Okung, you know, and I don't have any insider information, I think Okung was the guy they really wanted, but I think Harris, you know, just fit the bill. I mean, money and, uh, you know, it was also reported that Harris is going to, you know, he's going to keep his house in Denver, but he's excited about, as he said on Twitter, he's excited about the future in Pittsburgh. And what I like about Harris is he's got, you know, a a lot of times one of the risks with free agents are you don't know their, their mental makeup. Are they... Money driven guys? Are they stat driven guys? or Are they team and winning driven guys? Well, when you sign a guy that just won a Super Bowl, obviously, as long as they didn't lose their hunger after winning one, they're going to have the same kind of drive. And I think when you look at Ryan Harris, you know, you might, you know, people might be asking out there, well, he just won a Super Bowl. He likes Denver. Why did he leave? Well, if, if you followed free agency, um, you know, the Broncos have been gutted. I mean, yeah, they kept Von Miller, they kept C.J. Anderson, but they've lost, you know, Osweiler, who was slated to be the starter. Uh, They lost a couple other, you know, key parts of their defense, and now they've lost their starting left tackle. So I think he sees what the Steelers are building, and he sees what's happening in Denver. And, you know, this is a guy that's 31 years old, so he doesn't want to play. I would imagine he's going to play out this two-year deal, and that's going to be it for him. So what better way to finish your career – then try to help another quarterback win a Super Bowl and that could be part of Brian Harris's legacy. Hey, I was a part of, of two offensive lines and I protected the blind sides of, of two of the, the three best quarterbacks of my generation outside of Tom Brady. So this is I think for all sides around this was a good signing. And you know, I, I know we both feel the same way about Bill in the way that I think, you know, he's definitely going to be in the Steelers plans, but if they you know if he doesn't beat out uh uh Harris then you know, he could definitely still be a swinging tackle and still help out the Steelers, you know, other you know other places. What do you think about Beecham? Are, are, it seems like he's done in Pittsburgh, played there four years, has the ACL injury. I mean, it's not a done deal, but it just seems like now it, it, he's virtually gone. Uh, he's talked to Jacksonville. He's talked to Baltimore. Are you okay with the Steelers are you losing Beecham?
1: Yeah, I... I think at this point, you know, a lot of people, myself included, were excited when we heard the name, you know, Russell Okung possibly coming in. Uh, You know, he was championship caliber. You know, he had Beast Mode running behind him. I think he was hurt some there, but not a lot. Um, But, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, Beecham, you know, you got two tackles now. Uh, Gilbert's pretty much solidified on that right side. I would be surprised if he came back, but you never say never. Depends on the deal or what he gets elsewhere, but, you know, I know that there was talk of them possibly wanting to move him along the line again, but you'll have to see how it plays out.
0: Exactly. You know, and, uh, you know, moving on in our conversation here on the Steelers morning podcast with Scott Allen and Brian Diardo, Uh, speaking of other free agents, uh, Eric Weddle signed a four-year pretty, I would say, lucrative deal with the Ravens. You know, the Steelers were reportedly in the running, but then it came out that they really weren't. Um, they, you know, Jeremy Fowler VSPN ESPN reported that the Steelers reached out to Weddle's agent, and I don't think there was much movement after that. And then he obviously went ahead and went with the Ravens. And when you see the deal he signed with, it was upwards of, of twenty million dollars. I think either twenty-six or twenty-eight over four million, and I think there were some incentives or signing bonuses. Obviously, that was just too rich for the Steelers' blood, especially when you look at the fact. Steelers already signed Green, they already were going to sign a tackle, you already knew going into yesterday, after, you know, the weekend the Steelers had, meeting with, with three different tackles, that the odds were they were going to sign one before the middle of this week, my opinion was they just didn't sign Weddle for the money, I mean, do you see him being a big loss, or do you just think it's, it's just, hey, the Steelers put, you know, they drew a line in the sand, they stuck with it, and that's the
1: yeah, I think I think the Steelers drew the line in the sand. I mean, $13 million guaranteed, you know, 31 years old. Uh, like I said the last time we talked, we need a guy who can cover. I'm not sure he's that safety that's going to be able to cover people. Um, I know, you know, I'm looking for a safety. Some, I know a lot of people won't like this name, but Reggie Nelson. Reggie Nelson, uh, I'm not sure what his status is still. I'm sure he's probably not going to become a Steeler, but. You know, you watch that guy play, he can hit and he can cover it at the safety. And, you know, that's what I think a lot of people are looking for. Um, you know, there's there's some other guys, you know, I mentioned uh, Omar Bolton. I don't know how he's going to be from Denver with his injury, but he's still free agent. These are guys you don't have to break the bank for. I think Leto was looking for, you know, the best deal for him, and I believe he he got it. So, you know, I said there's some other guys that might be able to make the transition from corner to safety that are out there and you might not have to break the back. Uh, you know, we still got Doran Grant. I, you know, talked to him becoming a safety. But, yeah, I, I'm not thinking that, you know, that's not, not signing Weddle means, well, we can't go to the Super Bowl. And I don't necessarily think Weddle signing with Baltimore makes them a Super Bowl contender either. So, I think
0: the No, you, much, make you, know, point, right. you, you make some good points, Scott. Right. You make some good points. You know, Weddle – had injuries last year I mean he was pretty much a non-factor he didn't play in the game Steelers you know when they faced San Diego back in week five and you know he just you're taking a risk and man to sign a guy that's you know entering his 10th season kind of like Paul with the regard that he plays close to the line of scrimmage he's a physical presence um eventually those guys started to run out of steam and I remember on this last podcast Yeah, I mean, Troy retired at 33 years old, and and, you know what was it? 2009 is when Troy started to to get those injuries. So Troy was what 28 years old back then. So, you know, Weddle has has stayed healthy longer than Troy, but eventually it it happens to everybody, especially a guy that's played that physical. And now he's reaching year number 10 of his career. Obviously, once he's as soon as you saw the deal, you knew why Pittsburgh didn't sign him, and I don't think the Steelers made a mistake, and when you talked about break at the bank, that's exactly what the Steelers haven't done so far in free agency. According to Mark Caboia of the Trip Review, the Steelers have signed 10 free agents in the last two months, and uh, nine are expected to contribute significantly in, next year, and their total 2016 cap hit is less than $15 million. So if you can sign 10 free agents, nine guys expected to play a big role in next year's team, and you can have less than $15 million against the cap, I mean, you look at what the deals they they did now? Green is a little bit more of a risk, but this is pretty much no risk with Harris. I mean, worst case scenario, this guy is is really good depth for your offensive line. This is a proven veteran that hey, he's going to finish his two you know, he's going to finish his career in Pittsburgh. He already won a ring. Now he's going to help the Steelers win another one. And the thing I love the most is that no one you know that maybe no one is talking about that much is that the Broncos continue to get gutted in free agency. You look at the Steelers. They're not. The Steelers re-signed everybody they wanted to this point, and they're letting. I mean, there hasn't been anybody they really wanted that they've let get away. I mean, they wanted O'Connor, but he's going to stay in Seattle for the. You know, that's how it's looking, and they didn't want to pay too much for what. It was. So I think in general, the Steelers are doing a good, doing good things so far in free agency. But let's keep the ball rolling here. We discussed Harris, Beecham, Villanueva. Uh, let's talk about those hated rat birds, the Ravens. So they got Weddle, and then today they signed uh, Mike Wallace, who had 97 less catches than Antonio Brown and less receiving yard, almost less receiving yards than D'Angelo Williams last season. What do you make of, of this signing? I know there were some Steelers fans that wanted Wallace. I personally am more than okay with him not coming back to Pittsburgh. What are your thoughts on him resurfacing in Baltimore and the Steelers' Uh, going to play him twice a year. Yeah, I don't.
1: I don't believe Wallace was going to come back to Pittsburgh. I think we've, you know, we've got the Wheaton coach there, and I think that just would have caused more of a disconnect between those two guys. Knowing you bring him Wallace back, and and the price, who knows what you know he would have been ask, asking for. But since Wallace has left Pittsburgh, you know, he's shown. He showed nothing at Miami. I mean, it might have been his quarterback. Uh, Minnesota didn't really know how to use him, and they had North Turner as offensive coordinator. And you know, I think him going to Baltimore is a good fit for him. Uh, the quarterback, you know, play there is much better than the other two places that, uh, that he was at, and I think that will help Baltimore. But you know, going deep, throwing it deep. But you know, we, they still need somebody to run the slant, you know, and you know that's where he struggled coming over the middle. Uh, you know, I think we're I think we're still good at where Pittsburgh's at. I don't think you know Mike Wallace would have you know helped us get anywhere we needed or wanted to peak.
0: I agree with you, Scott. And this is this is kind of honestly here nor, here nor there, but I'm going to talk about it anyways. Super Bowl forty five to me kinda of did it with, with Mike Wallace. I think if we had twenty fifteen Antonio Brown and twenty ten would we'd beat Green Bay in the Super Bowl. Not saying we were better than Green Bay, but if you remember Green Bay, Jordy Nelson, there were a lot of drop balls by the Packers in the second half and they pretty much, you know, really helped the Steelers get back into that game and I think if we have a more dynamic number one, Wallace was fine. He was fine. I mean he was a good receiver. He was never Antonio Brown, he was never even Emmanuel Sanders, what he's become. You know, he's never become that guy. And I think he's he's like you said, he's just a one trick pony. He always has been. I mean, yeah, he can he can run I mean, I remember in forty five the Steelers tried to do with Wallace what they tried to do with Holmes two the two you know, two years earlier against the Cardinals, bubble screens and that that's just not Wallace's game and I remember going into that last drive against Green Bay thinking, you know, this is I, I really didn't have much confidence, and it was totally different than two or, you know two years earlier, when San Antonio, who, who didn't have the stats, I don't think that the Wallace had had to that point. I remember thinking, you know, we have a great chance because you just knew what San Antonio could do. And I know you and me are, are both you know from Ohio, so we we saw what Holmes could do at Ohio State, but just never had that confidence in him. And you're right, and he definitely didn't have the same quarterback support that he had at Pittsburgh. And I think if we would have brought him back. He may have done some good things. But, yeah, to me, just the whole retread and, you know, we did that with Plexigl Burris, didn't work out. I don't know, my opinion, you know, he was gone four years ago and he should just, you know, stay where he's at. I wish him the best of luck. I have no ill will towards him. I'm sure you don't either, but I agree with you. Right. keep continuity and let's just figure it out with someone else. Speaking of that, Antoine Blake, the Steelers' uh, embattled uh, cornerback, spoke with New England today. Are you going with the Steelers losing him and potentially losing him to a team that they're going to probably compete with to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? Yes. And that's the simple answer okay. that I'll give you with that.
1: Um, yeah, I, I don't think losing Blake is going to hurt our defense. Uh, I think we kept the guy that we wanted in uh, Gay. And I think Blake is... Free to go elsewhere uh, i like I said, I think this draft is full of potential. you know Golson will be coming off his his injury this year, and yeah, I think he he is free to look, and if Pittsburgh wants to bring him back that's that's their decision. but as a fan, I think that uh you know he'll do fine wherever he's
0: at. <laughs> Okay, no, I like that, Scott. That w- that wasn't attacking. That wasn't attacking him. You're 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 being nicer to him than most dealer fans are. My thoughts on on Blake is is this: I wouldn't mind if he came back, and I'm also okay with him not. I'm very on the fence with him, but for whatever reason, I feel like if we lose him, that might come back to haunt us. Just from the standpoint that I'd like his aggressiveness. If you remember, uh, he's you know back in our first win of the season when everybody was pretty much down on our defense and down on our secondary, early in that game, Vernon Davis, the the 49ers, well, at that point, the 49ers' Pro Bowl uh, tight end caught a pass near our sidelines or tried to catch a pass near our sidelines, and Blake blew him up. And that was really the first, like, nice defensive play that the 2015 Steelers had. And and in that game, Blake had 11 tackles. He had a nice tackle in the backfield of Carlos Hyde. Uh, He had 12 tackles in the win against the Cardinals. He had that pick six against San Diego. Yes, he did play bad at times, and yes, there was that three week stretch against Oakland, Cleveland, Seattle where he was where he was pretty pretty horrid. But I do like the fact that he played with the injured finger, the broken thumb. I'm sorry, the broken thumb, not the finger. But he played through those injuries. He didn't make complaints. He had a nice interception in the playoff game. He played well in the playoffs. The Steelers secondary, I believe, only gave up one passing touchdown in two playoff games. Albeit it was against an aging Peyton Manning, and a backup, an A.J. McCarron. But to me, I don't know. To me, I feel like I I wouldn't mind if he would have come back. You know, I, I feel like, you know, obviously there's something in Ross Cockrell that the Steelers like more than than Blake. But I, I don't know. I feel like we still need to sign one more mainstay from last year's second period. Like, I think right now, because Cortez Allen really didn't play, we're not going to re-sign Brandon Boykin, who still hasn't re None of the Steelers' 15 free agents have signed with anybody. I don't know if that's surprising to you. That's surprising to me. It's been almost a full week. They've all been on the market. No one has has gotten you know, anything from another team. But I don't know. To me, I would like to see the team either bring back Blake or bring back Will Allen. I mean, to me personally, because as of now, the only guys that we have back from last year is Golden, who you know, only started a handful of games in relief at Allen last year. Cockrell, who, again, was a backup for the most part. And then William Gay. So to me, I would like to bring back either Blake or Allen just from the continuity consistency standpoint. Um, are you do you agree, or you know that we might need to bring back just someone else, or do you just you're you're good with what they've got and you want to see what else they can get, whether it's in free agency with you know Prince from New York or just in the draft, just bulk up on the secondary guys.
1: I would like to see them uh, keep. Caden from last year, but that didn't happen, and that's one of the reasons we brought in uh, Cockrell. But I think I think Cockrell would have more potential for me to build on his second year. Um, and you, who did you say Blake was? Was it Detroit? But he was looking at him.
0: New England. New England. Did we play yeah, New England I think next Detroit year? Detroit was looking at him too, but New England today. I would like to see those matchups.
1: Um, but like I understand your consistency part of it, but you know, we need to upgrade in the secondary and you know, if that's a knock on him then it is. But, you know, I think I think they got the veteran that they wanted to still be there and, and gay to help Olson and whoever else they get and whoever whoever else they may bring in. Like like I said, if he comes back that's 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 mm-hmm. totally on you know, what management wants to do, but I'd like to see him, you know give somebody else a try. From what I saw last year, there were a lot of bad, you know, runs, like you said, the Seattle game. I mean, you know, there just was – there was too much, you know, missed tackles, too many, you know, opportunities that they gave up big plays in that secondary. And, you know, I, I get under, understanding the system and those things. But I think we could, I think we might be able to find somebody else out there.
0: No, I agree, and, and you made a good point with some Golston. we're gonna have Golston coming back. Grant Cortez Allen coming back. the you know, I would assume, you know, we're gonna have Blake. You know, we got a lot. I'm not Blake. I'm sorry, William Gay. We got a lot of guys coming back. Maybe the secondary, and they might come well on. I mean, I, I believe he was a late signing last year, so you never know. It might be one. And I don't honestly think Will Allen's gonna get much fight from anyone else because of his age. And you know, he was a little. I don't want to say injury prone, but he definitely suffered through some injuries last year which promoted Robert Golden uh, into playing more. I would say the only other thing, and then I'll put the you know put it to bed on Blake in the secondary, I did also like, his, you know, he plays special teams. He was probably our best gunner in 2013 and 2014. So he will definitely be missed in terms of special teams. Even know, I don't know, I don't think he did much special teams last year. So I don't know, I guess I'm coming to the light. But I did like his physicality, and I – you know, I'm always one of those people that I don't want to jump on someone after one year because last year was his, his first true season starting. I think he had one previous start before last year, and he started every game last year, including the playoffs, so 18 starts. I don't think that's long enough to you know to value someone's ability, but who knows? And, it's again, it's just one of those things where we were 30th in the league in past defense, and that's just not good enough, and someone has to pay, and it, it might be Blake. But, again, hopefully he resurfaces somewhere else, and he does well there. We wish him the best. Just like we would Mike Wallace or anybody else that leaves the Steelers on good terms. But the last thing I want to discuss, right. we got about you know four four and a half minutes left on the show. Martavis Bryant, that was the talk of Monday. It came out on Tuesday that he's officially uh, he was removed from the Steelers active roster. He's in the I think they call it the offended commissioner's list. So he's definitely in the doghouse, as everyone knows, and he's going to miss the entire season. He has to forfeit his six hundred thousand dollar contract, uh, slated to make this season. He's on the Steelers' roster contractually until 2018. And the Steelers, I think, are also going to get back uh, his six-figure signing bonus that he was also going to receive. Do you like – and it seems like, based on Kevin Culver's press release on Monday, the team is going to retain Bryant for now. Do you like that, or would you have rather seen the Steelers make a firm stand and release him after this is, again, the fourth or fifth issue he's had with substance abuse?
1: Yeah, I, I think we can look up to Cleveland to see how that turns out. Uh, you know, we don't want a Josh Gordon situation. I think I think they should probably hold on to him at this point, give him one more chance. But, you know, Coach was drafted last year as an insurance for his uh, four-game suspension. I, I think you got to give other people opportunities when this stuff happens. You just can't guarantee, you know, Brian, hey, we're going to hold on to you a year and you'll have your – number two spot waiting for you. You know, Wheaton played hungry last year. It was nice to see him come around. You know, that obviously they signed Hayward Bay. He wants a chance. He plays special teams. Yeah, I think Coach deserves a chance as long as, you know, everything pans out for him. Uh, you know, and if, if you need a, a possession guy for a year to fill in for Bryant, that's got size, you know, I'm not saying that guy's got the speed to run the entire offense that we run. But if you need a third and third and sword or third and five, third and six, you know, Marquez Colston for a year. He's big. He can catch. Um, He's still out there. Probably could be a veteran's minimum. But I also like uh, Shaquin Phillips uh, from the practice squad. He had a great preseason last Mm -hmm. year, good preseason. And, you know, he's six foot two. And, you know, maybe he'll make the best of this opportunity. So anytime, you know, someone does something like this that, you know, is detrimental to their team there's chances for other people to step up and it makes more sense too uh, while you know uh, that they were pittsburgh was talking to braxton miller which surprised me before the announcement now it doesn't surprise me after the announcement personally i think i think braxton you know I, i wouldn't go high second round on him maybe a third or fourth round but he'll probably be gone before that but you know, this is time for other people to get their chance when, uh, you know, situations like this happen.
0: You make a lot of good points. I think the, the Shaquem Phillips thing was a, is a great point. I know him and Tyler Murphy kind of battled it out there to try to get a roster spot. I think Murphy's gone, but Phillips is still in that practice squad. And I like what you said. He's six foot two. My only concern with Wheaton and all these guys, you've you got a bunch of small receivers. I know the Steelers won the Super Bowl in 05 with no really tall receivers. I think... Nate Washington was their tallest receiver back then. He was, I think, what, their third receiver with Antoine and Randall L. and Heinz Ward. So the Steelers have won Super Bowls before with, with primarily small receivers. Uh, and I agree with you. I think it makes sense for them to keep him now. And I think another thing we didn't bring up, it's good for morale of the team to show the team that, hey, we're behind you, you know, and uh, we're not going to condone what you're doing. But, you has been around for two years. In all accounts, he's a good guy. I think he was a jerk. <laughs> Or if there were domestic issues like Santonio had, or other issues, he'd be gone. I think it's it's just a drug issue and and a substance abuse issue. It's not hard drugs, from what I've I've heard. It's just marijuana. Not you know shedding you know light on marijuana. Just saying it. it that's the extent of it. So I think the Steelers are handling it well. And I I agree with you. I think when he comes back, the Steelers are going to make him earn his keep. He's going to start probably behind everybody and have to work his way up. So. Hey, Scott, thanks again for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Steelers Morning Podcast. Make sure to check out more of our work on Pittsburgh Steelers on 24-7 sports on Facebook and also pit.247sports.com. Have a great day, and as always, it's a great day to be a Steelers fan.